Hi there, this is Charles Kelly. Now UK prices are still rising, despite all the problems, despite you know the coronavirus and, and the economy and, and, and all the unemployment, uh, property prices are still rising and have actually uh, now risen uh, again uh, and, and now are, are growing at the fastest growth rate for five years. So it, it's unbelievable how uh, prices are, are still rising amidst all of these problems. Now, according to the Nationwide uh, Building Society, which is one of the major lenders in the UK, the annual house price growth from, from year on year from last year to this year to, at the end of October uh, in October is, is now 5.8%. And the average house price in the UK is now £227,000 or just over £826 uh, or, or thereabouts. Um, and a similar survey by another big lender, one of the biggest, uh, Halifax, uh, shows that, that on their figures, growth rate is actually running at 7%, 7.3% on, on the year. This is incredible. And this is partly due to the, the stamp duty holiday. So for the next five months, buyers of properties up to half a million pounds will not have to pay in, in England uh, Northern Ireland, uh, uh, just England and Northern Ireland, uh, would not have to pay this stamp duty on, on a purchase. Uh, but second home buyers and buy-to-let investors will unfortunately have to stump up the 3% tax grab surcharge uh, on, on investors, on people that invest for their pension and, and do something about you know providing for their retirement. They have to pay the, the surcharge figures and that, that's still a killer on, on a lot of property deals. Uh, but how long will this boom last? Uh, well, you know, as you know, booms are normally followed by bust, boom and bust. You know, they always say boom followed by bust. And this is something that's not escaped the Bank of England. And the Bank of England uh, have released figures showing that uh, home buyer mortgages approvals climbed to a 13 year high in September. In other words, that the amount of uh, mortgage approvals was, was at the highest rate for 13 years. That's before the last bust. Uh, do you remember that one? Um, which is... You know, if you go back to 13 years, it's roughly just before the last boom. So, so they're a bit worried and there are fears that the market could be heading for a cliff edge. And I've seen this before when uh, a certain offer was made or a tax break was made and everyone rushed out to buy. I saw this in the 80s. And, and then when it was taken away, the market sort of just slumped. Uh, you know, sometimes it can be a small thing like that. It can just be a a pin that bursts the bubble and, and suddenly confidence is lost and people stop buying and then, <clears throat> then they all want to sell and there's no buyers there and then the lenders draw their horns in and stop lending and it just it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and, and so, you know there are people looking at this BBC reports that the NA, NAEA uh, property mark has called for action to avoid a cliff edge uh, drop by extending uh, the the uh, the deadline and and allowing people more time uh, to 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 enjoy this stamp duty holiday because they they fear that you know if you get into early two thousand and twenty one early January February and it looks like they may not make this deadline that buyers may pull out I don't know if that's true I mean it it's, it will save buyers a couple of thousand pounds here or there you know sometimes it's not that much in it. Uh, are they going to pull out of a property purchase just because they, they won't meet the deadline? I'm sure that solicitors will be busy if this deadline does stay uh, in place. Then solicitors are really going to be busy in March trying to get everything done before this, this deadline ends. There are other factors. Uh, the, the current sort of furlough scheme 
uh, comes to an end. It's replaced by a new job support scheme, as I mentioned uh, about a week ago, the, the Rishi Sunak job support scheme. I don't think it's as generous as the, as the furlough scheme. Could we see unemployment figures rise? Some are predicting it could go up to three or four million. We, we don't know. And, and then we have a second wave of coronavirus, COVID-19, sweeping parts of the country. And every day we hear news that, um, you know, another part of the country has gone into a tier three restriction zone uh, and Scotland and Wales are, are, are more or less closing down their economy. And this could stall economic growth. And, and that, that means, you know, if, if economic growth stalls, you know, everything, all bets are off, really. Um, you know, because if there's not people out there working and able to buy houses, then how is the market going to keep going up? I, I don't know. I, I don't know why it seems to be defying all logic, why people would be scrambling to buy a house when possibly their job is not even safe. Uh, and meanwhile, right move say that house prices in London and particularly in zone one are falling whilst prices in the outer suburbs are rising. And, and this is because a lot of buyers are, are now saying, well, you know, they want a bit more bang for their buck uh, and, and maybe they want a safer environment. And maybe it's because, uh, as was happening in America, a lot of people may start to be permanently based at home or not have to go into the office that much. So, so why live right near the centre of London in a, in a tiny flat or a studio when you could, for the similar sort of money, you could buy a larger flat or even a house outside of London. And, you know, if you haven't got that commute to worry about, then, you know, why live right in the centre of town if you don't have to work in the centre of town, particularly if you're starting a family? There's there's, there's obviously benefits to, to living in London. But, you know, you look around London now, some parts of it look like a ghost town. Um, and so maybe you might see this trend. It's certainly happening in, in America where, you know, big companies, Google and uh, uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter are saying to staff, you you know, stay at home for the rest of the year. You may not have to come back into the office. And if they do have to come back in the office, maybe it's not going to be this nine to five routine and, and paying all this money to commute into London. So we could see that that big trend happening. And, and it certainly seems now the, the, the right move survey that's been done are based on asking prices. And, you know, I'll, I'll put this on my on my blog, moneytipsdaily.com because uh, it won't translate to the, the Facebook page, but there is a table there showing that, um, you know, prices, are, are asking prices are, are in, in zone one have declined by 8%, whereas in zone five and six, they, they've risen by, you know, 4%, 4.8%. In zone four, they've risen by 5.2%. And, you know, you can see this decline, uh, rising asking prices as you go further out, and a decline in zone one. Having said that, zone one is is a very expensive area. I mean, the average asking price in, in October 2020 in zone one is is over a million, 1.2 million, and the average asking price in in zone six is is just over 500,000 pounds. So there's a big difference there. I don't think zone one is going to die because there'll always be people who want to live right in in London, but at those sort of prices, you know, they're, they're hefty prices, and you know, even flats can cost over a million pounds in, in those zones, depending on which part of the zone, obviously. Uh, but, you know, zone two, still the average asking price, nearly 750,000 uh, pounds, but that's declined by around 20,000 pounds. So, you know, you, you can see what's happening. These are only asking prices, they're not sold prices, but you can see the trend that, that's already happening out there. And 
as I said, this is this is, has been happening in in America too. So it's not not just in in London. So so there, there's a little bit a snippet for you. I I I think people might even be wanting to escape to the country, like that show where people go out right out into the country and buy a big farm cottage or something like that to to live further out. Um, who knows? We'll have to see what happens. But there are people saying that you know that people will never go back to the office in the way we have done in the past. But on the other hand, you know, some offices work better when people are in the office working together. There's that there's that dynamic of people working together. So I, I don't know. Uh, we've got the technology to, for people to work from home now, but that could also lead to more outsourcing abroad. Because, you know, if you, if you can put somebody at home in, in Northampton, then why not in you know, northern India? Uh, it, it could happen um, and, and that could lead to, to more unemployment. There are there are companies that are doing well here. Um, you know, companies that are, are doing a lot of online retailing. Next reported good figures. Uh, China's economy is growing. They're booming again in the third quarter. So they're all right. You know, give us the virus and, and then get on with it themselves. So they're doing fine. And even America uh, that, that reports that the economy is, is on the rise again, uh, just in time for the election uh, for Donald Trump. Uh, we, we might think that's a bit contrived, but, you know, things are on the move in general. But this second wave could could stall that economic growth. And I, I fear that we've been pushed into this uh, vaccine. Every day I put on the news, they'd say, well, we, we, this vaccine might come in time to save Christmas. So everyone rushes out. I've got to have a vaccine so I can have a few friends around for, to eat turkey at Christmas. Well, personally, I'm not interested in a vaccine, uh, especially one that's only been uh, tested for a, for a couple of weeks uh, by a couple of universities. No, I'm not going to take a virus until I see what the outcome is. For, for the next uh, a vaccine until I see what the outcome is, because they're supposed to be tested for years, not not for a couple of months or a couple of weeks and then launch it on the public. But we, we shall see what happens there. Uh, but at the moment, it, you know, in Scotland, they're saying, you know, you should get prepared for a digital Christmas that maybe people won't be able to get together. I don't know. I mean, in other countries, people are, you know, in Rome uh, and, and, and in Spain, you know, people are actually on the streets rioting because of the these lockdown restrictions because they see big business crushing the small business and taking away their livelihoods as you know more and more small businesses get into trouble and you know if more small businesses get into trouble that's going to affect shop prices office prices everything uh, and, and that's why in some countries where they're a bit more vocal and uh, you know more likely to go out on the streets and demonstrate like in Spain France and Italy they're out on the streets. It's not really reported very much, but they're out on the streets rioting because they 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 see their jobs and their their own small business and their own economy just being crushed by by governments and big business. So that that's another interesting trend to see. So anyway, I wish you all a, a great weekend. Thanks for listening. I always appreciate people who tune in on on Facebook as well. So it's, it's great to see you and and thanks for for, for listening to me. <laughs>